This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We, uh, we are in, in the very end of Genesis chapter 13, where Lot and Abram split up. Lot is going on his own, and uh, it's not going to be easy for him because he's ridden the coattails of faith of Abram for so long. Now it's time for him to, to find his own way. And uh, sometimes that's difficult when you haven't been searching and walking in your own way for a very long time. And the significance is that Abram has, and he's ready to move to the level of where God is going to make a eternal covenant with him. And so there we are. And it is, it is, it's in chat. It's in verse 14 that we get started this morning, chapter 13, verse 14, it says, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, he said, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Notice that Lot went southward. Lot headed toward the south. He got to choose the area that he wanted to go to, and he saw that the south, the area in the south was pleasing, that the land was really good, even though the people there were not. And, and as you watch and as you read, you see that uh, he chooses he chooses a place that's going to uh, cause him a lot of trouble down the road. That being said, God told Abram to go to the promised land and to go to the center of the promised land. Now, Abram had a couple of detours. He had he didn't do it perfectly either. The man of faith didn't walk in faith perfectly. And by the way, no man has except for Jesus Christ. And he, uh, he made a stop off in Haran. And although we love the Herons, the, that was not where God wanted him to be. God wanted him to go to the land he had promised him. And he took people that God didn't tell him to take. And that's going to cause the Abram problems. See, when we do it the way we want to do it, not the way God wants us to do it, it always ends up causing hiccups and difficulty. And we miss out on experiencing the fullness of God's will in the immediacy because we're, we're just doing it our own way. And it says that, that well, he went there and he, uh, he uh, went to the center of God's will. And notice it says, he says, look and lift up your eyes. I'm going to give you northward, obviously. Nobody, he didn't give him, it, that's not where Abram, that's not where Lot went. But he also says, I'm going to give you southward. What he's saying is that just because Lot came along, didn't mean that the promise that I had for you applied to him. And oftentimes we want to, we want to, oftentimes we want to, as we're studying and as we're looking at it, we want to, we want to claim all the promises of God that are, that other people have, but we don't want to find the promises of God for ourselves. And you say, aren't the promises of God for everyone? Yes. But there's individual promises for you. There's individual blessings for you. There's you because you are unique in the kingdom of God, because you uniquely glorify God in your own unique way. There's unique experiences, unique walks, unique things that happen in your life and unique opportunities. Pastor Harry, Pastor Terry, last 
Knight was saying that that's a wink from God. You get your own unique winks from God. You get your own unique times where God shows you, hey, I'm here. I'm at work in your life. And those unique opportunities happen in your walk of faith. And they don't happen. They're not they're, They happen for other people, but they're not the same winks. They're not the same. They're not the same situations. They're not the same moments. They're not the same life opportunities. And so he says, he says to him, when get up and go, I'm going to give you this land. He gave him the whole land, even though Lot chose the land to the south. That still was Abram's promise. Still was his promise, the promise for his people. He also says, I'm going to give you eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Now, that's important. That's important for modern times. It's important for, for the Christian worldview, the Judeo-Christian Western culture. It's, it is a very important passage for historical and world purposes because we as Christians believe that what God said there in that verse for all the land which I which I give to you and your descendants forever we believe that's the eternal word of God and that's the eternal promise of God to Abraham and his descendants and uh, there's no way to get around that it is if it is the promise of God to his descendants it's a direct promise given directly to a human being for the purpose of history and we as believers and we as Christians believe in the whole Bible. We believe it's the whole revelation of God. And from Genesis 1-1 to the very last verse in the book of the Revelation, chapter 21, we believe it's the full revelation of God. And we believe that Abraham and his descendants were given the promised land. We believe they were given what is modern, what is called modern day Palestine, but what it really is historical Israel. And we believe in that. And we're not going to back down from it. We're never going to stop believing that. And that's not going to, we're not going to be dissuaded from that ever at all. It is the historic lands of the Jews. And, and that's the way I feel. That's the way, not the way I feel, it's the way I know what God's word says. And so I'm not going to back off of that. He said, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Notice he said, I'm going to make your descendants the thousands and the millions and the, and the and uncountable numbers for a human being. And notice if it's if a man could count, he wouldn't be able to count them. What he's saying is there's going to be millions and millions and millions of Jews. And, and as I read this and as we think about this and as I study, it is neat to see. I was just going through a list of wars last night. I'm weird. I do that sometimes in Wikipedia. And it's interesting to see wars that the number of deaths and casualties, and I don't even really know why it came up. But Israel fought two or three major conflicts with the Roman Empire, in which it's estimated that millions of Jews were killed during those conflicts. We do know that millions of Jews were killed during the Holocaust. We do know that millions of Jews were killed during the invasion of the Assyrians and they were taken into captivity. We do know that millions of Jews were taken into captivity when, when the Babylonians and the Persian Empire ruled over them. We do know all that was all that happened. And uh, even though uh, the Jewish state today is about uh, 13, I think the number's 13, maybe bigger than that now, but 13 million, uh, million people uh, in Israel. And of that 13 million of them, by the way, 20% are Arabs or Muslims or non-Jews. 
And of that 20% that are Arabs and Muslims and non-Jews, all of them get to vote, by the way. The largest, one of the largest parties in Israel's political system, which, which carries somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 18% of the vote, is the Arab Muslim group. There's not a nation around there that even suffers many Jews to live in their country. In fact, many of the Arab nations that surround Israel have less than 100 or 200 Jews in their whole country. When we say that Israel's an apartheid state, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Just making my little political statement right now, it's just absolutely ridiculous. They, all the citizens of Israel, which include non-Jews, a lot of non-Jews, get the opportunity to, to be a part of politics and are a huge part of politics because a party in a parliamentary system with 20% of the vote, 15% of the vote, it has a big sway in that system. And the number of Jews and the number of Jews that live in Israel is less than the number of Jews that live around the world. In fact, a large population of Jews live in the United States. And, and I don't know exactly what that number is, but I think the number is somewhere in the neighborhood of three to five million, maybe as many as 10 million Jews live in the United States of America. And, uh, and all over the world, the number is perhaps 20, 30 million today. They have been the most persecuted people in world history, by far the most persecuted people in world history. They spent most of many centuries being killed, being, being enslaved and struggling. And it has made them a very smart, a very cunning, a very resourceful people, because in order to stay alive in many, for many centuries, They've had to do things that would cause other people to perish long ago. God has kept them alive, and his promise to Abraham that has been that is that is talked about in this passage has been kept. It's been kept. He says, I'm gonna make you, you're just gonna continue to grow, you're gonna continue to be a people, you're gonna continue to have generation after generation. And even though the enemy is does everything he can and has been doing everything he can since this promise was made to destroy Israel, just like he's tried to destroy the seed of man in earlier in Genesis. Now he's going to try to destroy the seed of promise in which the Messiah is going to come, which is Israel. He's been doing that for thousands of years, and yet he has not been able to do that. And yet he has even failed to the point where now Israel is a powerful, growing, wealthy nation, that sliver of land on the western, on the eastern coast of the Mediterranean Sea, is a powerful nation that controls and dominates in many ways the Middle East. And God's promises continue, and they are true, and they are amen. And so he says, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, notice, I love this verse. He says, arise and walk the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. What he's telling him to do is to walk in his promises. And that is a that is a spiritual truth that needs to be understood in, in, in boldness. So many times we do not walk in our gifts and we don't walk in our promises that God has given us through his word, through the general revelation of Jesus Christ, the, the specific revelation of Jesus Christ and the individual revelation of Jesus Christ in our own lives. We don't walk in those promises. We spend our lives knowing about them. We spend our lives talking about what we're going to do, but we don't walk in them. I'm very thankful that we, I pastor a church that where people are walking in their promises. They're searching out God's plan for their own lives. They're seeking out God's gifts and the gifts that he has given them individually. And by the way, although we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, which makes us uniquely capable of operating in every gift that God has, God has individual specific gifts for you. God has individual specific gifts 
that he wants you to operate in. And uh, some of them are very public gifts and some of them are very private gifts. Some of them are, uh, some of them come from your unique experiences in life. And God has prepared you through those experiences to use the gifts that he's given you. And, and each person has at least one spiritual gift, but most people have many spiritual gifts. And at some point in time in your life, you may operate in all the spiritual gifts because God is going to use them for you. But primarily, it's important that you know what your gifting is, what God's gifting is. And you also understand the talent, the unique talents and the unique experiences in history that God is God has given you the opportunity to live. And those things play a major and important role in how God uses you and how God how God allows you to walk in his his promises, his giftings. And I think it's of great importance that that you find those gifts and that you use those gifts and that you that you don't allow the difficulties and the struggles of the moment to keep you from having your eyes focused on those gifts. Because by the way, the Bible says that the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. What does that mean? That's actually, in many ways, a very legal statement. It's a legal. It's a. It's a legal promise to you. It's a contractual statement. And what he's saying is, once I gift you by my Spirit, and once I call you for a purpose, which would be your for, for your promises, I call you to walk in the things that I have given you. Once I gift you and call you. My gift and call are irrevocable. Now, there's consequences to not walking in it, and there's consequences to sin, and there's consequences to to turning your hearts toward other things. And we've already seen that happen in Abram's life. He had to stay over in, in Haran, which shouldn't have happened. He had a difficulty in Egypt, which shouldn't have happened. He His promises were still there. Even though he went down in Egypt and lied to the Pharaoh and uh, put his wife in a terrible position and uh, really put his whole, his whole future in a terrible position, where did God get him right back to? God brought him right back to the middle and the center of his will. Why? Because the gifts that God has given you and the call that he's placed on your life is irrevocable. You, it will not be revoked by God. <clears throat> it's not a contract that can be called back. It's not a gifting that God is going to remove. And it's not a promise that God is going to renege on. He's not going to pull back on that promise. He's not going to, he's not going to revoke that promise from you. All of his promises and all his giftings are irrevocable. And that means that God has great things for you. You've got to learn to walk in them. And you can't do that until you start trying to figure out what your giftings are, what your purpose in his kingdom is, and begin to do it. And let me tell you, sometimes that leads you in all kinds of different and unique ways. And young men and young women especially, but as you get older, more importantly, when you remember your gifts from the past and you forget, you remember that you haven't walked in them a while, finding your gifts and walking in them is of the utmost importance for your spiritual growth. It, it just really is. And you've got to do it. you got to do it. And I've seen some young people in our church really actually seek out their gifting and their calling by God. And you can see God moving in their lives in mighty ways. I think of a lot of people, a lot of people, I don't want to call them out necessarily on, on Facebook, but there are a multitude of young men and women who are finding their gifts and finding their place and they're using their gift and their place in the kingdom of God. And so it's important that you see that's that's what gets you into the middle of God's will in the middle of his promises. He said to he said to Moses, to Abram, arise and walk the land. What's the land? The land was the promise that God had given Abraham. Arise and walk in my promises, the full length of them. Don't just partially walk in them. Just don't dabble in them. Don't stick your toe in them. Walk in them fully. 
walk through the length of, and the width for I give it to you. Notice I am giving you this. It has been given. It's a gift. And you go, what does a gift mean? Legally speaking, a gift is a something that is it's given to you. And once once it's given, it cannot be it cannot be a call back. You once once somebody gives you a gift legally, they can't they can't they can't bring it back. You have to have the intent to give it. There has to be acceptance of it. And then once that happens, once it's delivered and accepted, it can't be removed. Now, I want you to get that. In fact, in the in American law and in, in law in common law. From its intent, delivery, and acceptance, it's Ida. Uh, that's what that's what uh, a gift is. It's Ida. I, God intended it. He delivered it to you. Once you accept it, once you receive it, it can't be taken back. And you need to accept and receive it. You need to walk in it. You need to experience your gifting. You need to experience your promises. And once once you experience it, you accept it. You pull it in. Those promises. Once you do that, it's not revocable. Intent, delivery, acceptance. And and God's intent is for you to be gifted. And God's intent is for you to have a future. And God's intent has been delivered to you when you received the Holy Spirit. Okay? When the Holy Spirit was given to you, it was delivered to you. All the promises, all the giftings, all the plans of God for you were given to you even before you knew that was happening. It was right there given to you. And, one, and then you walking in it, is you taking possession of that gifting? Is you is you taking possession of what God has given you? And believers have to do that. That's why God told Moses, Abram, to get up and to walk His promises out. And then He says, then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth tree in Mamre, and that's a place in Israel. And He says, which are which is in and He built an altar there to the Lord. Notice what He did once God said, walk in His promises. What did He do? He worshiped God, and that's what he does every time in Scripture. That's what he does. He, he worships God. He seeks God out. He finds God. He worships God. That is the natural pattern of Abram. He hears God's promises. He, he walks by faith. He doesn't walk perfectly by faith all the time. He finds himself back in the middle of God's promises, and then he worships God, and he cements those promises in his heart. Notice he's built now three altars in Israel, and I think that's important. He's continually building these altars, these standing stones of faith in his life. Why? Because he's hearing God. He's believing God. He's walking in that will imperfectly, but he is walking in it. And then God is, is blessing him and showing him his way for his life. And isn't that, isn't that how it's supposed to be done? I think it is. Uh, I know it is because that's what scripture says it is. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.